Welcome to Amusement Sparks, the amateur theme park design show. This is kind of a, a milestone of an episode, to be honest. Like, this is our first one that's based on a live-action reality series uh, as its inspiration. Are you telling me Yu-Gi-Oh! didn't actually happen? Wait, who was that? Who was what? Who are you? Oh, I'm Zane. Oh, hey Zane. Your voice uh, sounds familiar, but I think it was on a different podcast when I spoke with you last. It was uh... oh well, you you might have lost your memory uh, <laughs> for some sci-fi related reason, but you were on an episode of uh, my podcast, uh, the Carton Cast, which I run with my brother Ben, and you were on for the Johnny Quest episode, which was just a delight. What's a Carton? It's a cartoon review sort of um, podcast. We just started calling it the Carton Cast for some reason, like we took out an O, mm-hmm. and uh, Carton. It's spelled like carton, like an egg carton. So now we have an egg theme. I, I try and go back and like figure out how we got to that point. It really <laughs> just emerged out of the ether. I love that. That's awesome. And it, it's <laughs> it's a really fun show. It's like you guys, you know, take an adult, uh, you know, wizened, you know, mature perspective and go back and watch cartoons that are made for <laughs> kids. And that's something that I think a lot of uh, sort of you know nerdy pop culture type people like myself enjoy doing as well. Going back I'm not to your... sure it's as mature as you're purporting it to be. It's <laughs> it certainly is. as pretentious. I, yeah, okay, um... sure, sure, pretentious. I mean, what what I mean by that is like you you dissect it in an almost like academic level. Like it's it's like you're writing you know a report, a book report on all these uh, various cartoon series. You you break it down. You talk about various aspects of each cartoon and kind of analyze them. You know, definitely thoughtfully and also passionately. So it it's it's very oh, yeah. enjoyable to listen to. You know, we don't have a ton of benefit from nostalgia. Like, we try and distance ourselves from that pretty pretty strongly. And when you take that out, a lot of cartoons are really weird. Like, you ever try describing the plot of a Mario game? <laughs> like, yeah. to somebody who has no idea what you're talking about? Right. It's so bizarre. It's like you had to be there or else it doesn't make any sense. So uh, we, we consider ourselves sort of like an eighth grade lit paper analyzing cartoons because we, we're like we're not trained at analyzing anything and we're, um we just like hearing the sound of our own voices and you know if if we can get some symbolism out of that the better for it and you've got i mean you've got a lot of experience at breaking these things down i mean how many episodes have you guys recorded we're in the 80s now um yeah. it just sort of happened we actually started it just to kind of keep in touch because uh you know we we used to live close by to each other but we've both gone off to grad schools um and we wanted a, an excuse to keep in touch. Cool. And who is this we you keep talking about? Uh, so my brother Ben, um, that's really all there is to, to <laughs> say about it. It's just me again. like Slightly different voice. Um, yeah, <laughs> you guys have a really good back and forth because you've got, you know, however many years of being brothers under your belt. have been where... doing this for ages. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's really easy listening. And anyone can do it. Listener, join the conversation. Join the conversation. That's what it's all about democratization of media it's wonderful you know it used it used to be that only those elite fat cats could talk about cartoons and mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm, very true but now anyone can do it yeah. <laughs> even unqualified people such as us <laughs> um, right but, but, but we have made ourselves qualified i was gonna say through being unqualified enough times you start to become qualified <laughs> you're building a skill that is the most zen thing to come out of either of our podcasts <laughs> Well, that was a good little chat. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> do you want to uh, start designing a theme park? Let's get down to brass tacks. You will not distract me from my holy mission. No, actually, I'm going to. Oh, okay. We have to make a pit stop real quick. This is the Toynado, the warm-up session for Amusement Sparks. I'm going to take a list of toy adjectives and a list of types of toys, randomly generate some pairs, and we're going to kind of riff on those for a minute, see if anything good comes out of this. I love it. All right, are you ready? I'm so ready. Okay, cool. Thank you to uh, random.org for uh, their wonderful random generators. Uh, Wow, okay. So on my last episode, we actually did a yo-yo, but this one is a collectible yo-yo. So do you have any thoughts about that? Okay, so this is probably the only way that you get pogs to come back. Mm. Right, so like, uh, yeah, yeah, those those little discs with like, pop culture icons in them, you know, ALF and all that other stuff. Yeah. You put that in your yo-yo uh-huh. and maybe like it lights up or does a holographic thing and you can like take them out and put new ones in. So like you're collecting like an icon on the yo-yo. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you could change out the graphics that are on the side of it basically. Yeah. And you can like maybe even tell a story. So like 
uh, if you stack five of them and every time you you yo the yo, I don't know what that what that verb is supposed to be, but every time you yo one, one flies off and you like go through a story that way. Yeah, I love the way that you just used that word. You yo the <laughs> yo. Um, yeah, that's great. And it could be like a gif almost. Like it could just be, you know, um, whatever hot gif is on the internet at the moment. Like they make that into like a five series uh, collectible thing. And if you get all five of them, put them in a row and it like maybe it cycles through them or it could just be you know, kind of a digital display on the side and you import five images and yes. it just cycles through them as it's, uh, this as is the it's new way of yo. sharing memes. It's, so good. <laughs> it's <laughs> cool. And I, I like it because it kind of includes the, uh, this like, I don't know. I, there's a lot of, uh, collectible creature based shows like Pokemon and, uh, Yokai watch right now that have like watch based peripherals. Like you put a watch on and you can put like a different little crystal in it and it makes a new sound effect or it lights oh, up yeah. a different way, that kind of stuff. I, and, I, I had a Digimon tracker. No, oh, no. heck yeah. And, and those things are kind of gimmicky, but I really like them, especially, you know, kids love that kind of stuff where they get to like dress up like the character and like feel like they're in the world. And I think this could even do that. And it's even more versatile because it's not tied to a specific franchise. It's like a classic, you know, ancient toy but it's a new modern one. It's got, you know, GIFs and it's got collectible uh, little pogs you can put on the inside. And they could actually be pogs, I guess, too. So they could, like, double. Like, you could bring out, you know, your dad's old pog collection and put some of those in your yo-yo. <laughs> Bonding exercise. I love it. <laughs> the collectible yo-yo thing sounds pretty cool. I, th- I, I like anything that's collectible, honestly. So, so uh, this is a cool one. You could just have them, you know, different colors and then the sides come off and you can put different images on the side. And, yeah. Uh, maybe it could be like a lenticular image, like one of those kind of holographic things. I know I used to collect um, little yeah, Pokemon yeah. things that had that where you could look at them from a different angle and it would show you a different image. So it's basically an animated GIF on a flat piece of paper. Um, so you can put those kind of things in there as well. So then like as it's moving, the image is like shaking around or cycling through a series, like a sequence, like you were saying. Yeah, and like I, I wouldn't collect them, mm-hmm. but like it's like buttons, you know. You you see a button yeah. with something you you like, and you you get that. Yo the yo. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, let's hop into our next uh, tornado randomly generated pairing here. Mm, this one doesn't make any sense. I think that I might have put one of these words in the wrong column, so give I'm gonna it, skip give it, it. Give it to me. You want to hear it? Yeah, let's hear this. It is a social inflatable. <laughs> Okay, no, no. So if we take inflatable <laughs> as the noun, mm-hmm. okay. So social inflatable. I'm thinking like a bu- bu- like a balloon, right? Okay. Like those are your inflatables, but I guess you know they have like blow up dolls, and you could have like a, a not you know you could have like a G rated version of that sure. social like friend that you inflate. Yeah, so it's like a my size Barbie kind of thing, but it's yeah. portable. You can put it in your pocket and uh, take it on an airplane and. There's an empty seat next to you. You can inflate it, and there's your friend. You can play yeah, patty cake the whole like, ride. Because kids have dolls, right? They, yeah. And they are always carrying a bunch around. Oh, we filled up an entire suitcase with little Susie's dolls. Like, mm-hmm. if they were inflatable? Yeah, that is kind of useful, actually. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. But then you have the weird problem of, like, where does the little uh, gasket or whatever, the, the inflatable part, like, what part of the Barbie do you blow into you know oh, like into her eye into course. her eye okay yeah she so has she an has... eye patch pirate barbie that's actually pretty cool if you could have a patch or i guess it could be like yeah i don't know that's weird i was like it could be underneath like maybe the middle of their back or something so you just like yeah. put a shirt on over it but it's still a little bit weird to yeah i don't know um and then what's social about that how do you make a an inflatable something that's social um, i think Dude. i think if you're only like so you'd have to only like produce the outside of it because it mm-hmm. needs to inflate and stretch mm-hmm. um so that would probably drive down costs so you can have a bunch of these and trade them yeah that sounds cool trading and like also just playing with yeah. like you know action figures or dolls is generally can be a social thing if you're playing on the playground or you have a friend over or whatever yeah and and when they're uninflated you don't exactly know what you're gonna get so Ooh. that adds a little mystery component oh to yeah it as well. and these could fit into like a you know gosh upon little uh, gumball machine dispenser as well that'd be kind of cool yeah. I'm picturing like a bunch of little pokeballs, and then you're like, "Let's do, let's let's battle," and then you just spend 20 minutes blowing each one up individually and tossing them at the other guy. <laughs> well, they they go great at the pool too. You know, pools could sell these at the the snack stand. It's like an inflatable little friend you can take in the pool and they'll float. Distract your kid for 30 minutes so they like don't drown by making them blow up this doll. Right? Does your kid have too much energy? <laughs> Literally take their breath away by having them inflate this <laughs> awesome toy. 
that's pretty good that's fun and you yeah that, that's great if you have a super hyper kid there's like a hyperactive model where there's a bunch of holes like in the hairline or something like where you don't really notice it and so it's just constantly deflating slowly so they have to keep blowing it back up every 10 minutes to like enjoy their play oh pause we got to blow this guy back up again <laughs> well hey that inflatable just has a nice cadence to it even if there's no like noun in there yeah it sounds uh like a poor translation social yes. inflatable but yeah it does have a nice cadence to it you're right i'm i'm, I'm all revved up now i'm ready Me to too. talk <laughs> I'm ready to talk. (laughs) Survivor. Yes. Excellent. Survivor is the topic for this here episode. Um, Survivor, the, you know, American uh, reality TV series where however many survivors are placed on an island and they have to try to live there for, was it 39 days? It's 39 days and you, you vote one of them off every three days or so. And so you just, it's a combination of survival in the wild, um, Mm -hmm accomplishing these challenges so like obstacle courses and puzzles and playing a social game whereby you keep yourself safe by forming these alliances and getting rid of people you can't trust cool yeah that's that's well said um usually when you first start out the whole group is split into two tribes so and then uh, about halfway through the series when you know you're down to about half as many people everyone combines into one big tribe and then they finish out the show that way I will get this out of the way right right now. This is the only reality show I watch and really the only one I approve of. Um, I know a lot of reality shows, you know, bend the truth or try and get people to say a specific thing. And I know that Survivor, you know, selectively edits and tries to build toward a story. But not only can they not account for certain random elements and, and personal interactions, but like they encourage it. And it's it's such a different paradigm from so many other reality shows that I'm just... Uh, I'm, I'm, I just love watching it. I do too. And it's really cool to like watch the social things kind of develop and, and editing is, you know, a key thing because they're, ed- they're filming these people. Like I, I assume 24 Constantly. hours a day, uh, yeah. multiple cameras for 39 days. And then they edit it down to be, it's, it's an hour long program, right? It's an hour long. There's usually like 13 episodes in a season. Yeah. So that's a ton of editing, but you need to figure out how to make each one of those survivor, each one of those participants, their own character and kind of like start to build a narrative arc as far as the social interactions go and, you know, who is dominating at the challenges and that kind of thing. So it's got this almost like uh, pro wrestling kind of thing where they're like, yeah. we have these people who actually do have skills and we're going to kind of make this more compelling by building up this kind of social narrative. And it's not at all scripted on Survivor. Um, and there is a right. lot of drama because, you know, someone's significant other might get voted off and then they're suddenly gone. And now that character has to figure out, you know, what they're going to do to keep going. That's the great thing is uh, they keep on adding in these different gimmicks, like trying new things all the time. So like you say, you know, what if everyone had a blood relative that they brought along with them? Mm-hmm. Like, that's a great twist. Isn't or like, that cool? What if we, what if we brought pack people that we voted off or um, right now this current season that we're in is called Game Changers and they brought back just like the best players and it's everyone's so aggressive now like the game has changed so much over you know 15 or so years Mm -hmm. that's really cool Uh, that's what keeps me coming back to it yeah the game designers you know whoever is is like coming up with the pitch for the next season those people are working really hard and coming up with a lot of cool innovations um sometimes the tribes are divided by gender or they did like a uh was it brains bronze and beauties They've done that yeah. a couple of seasons. They did... Um, or by one, career. Yeah, by career. It was like blue collar, white collar, and no collar. And there was one that was uh, by ethnicity, which seemed a little bit edgy to me. I, I think I think they regret that. Yeah, that one did not seem like the best idea. But they're pushing the envelope. Survivor fans just kind of don't talk about that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I, I totally understand that. Like when I was scrolling through the Wikipedia page, I'm like, what? Why? When? 
and how did I not hear about this? Like, this seems like it should have made the news or something. They, I don't know. They made the case at the time that, you know, so many of our applicants are white. We wanted more diversity. Mm-hmm. And we thought, hey, if we're doing that, we might, you know, that's an easy <laughs> way to separate them by tribe. And then, well, you know, you're halfway there. Yeah. Yeah. I, that one seems a little bit weird to me. But they also have done, like, um, four tribes where two tribes are male. There's young men and yeah, older yeah. men and young women and older women. I think that's a cool one because you get people who are kind of, you know, similar as far as like demographics go, but you can see the differences in their personality come out and all that. They've had both tribes on the same island. Like they've had Mm -hmm. a a bunch of different things, but even more than like how they start, because by the time they hit the merge, it's sort of become its own thing, no matter how you started it. Mm -hmm. But the way that I find interesting is the way that they play with game elements. So they've had Redemption Island, where you get voted off uh, and you can like, win a series of duels in order to come back in. They've had uh, the immunity necklace where you can just find a, a necklace around camp that will protect you. So when, when you know, the tribe mates vote each other off, uh, you know, it's usually a simple majority or plurality or whatever, mm-hmm. but one person always gets immunity. And what you can do is, like, with an immunity necklace, uh, with a hidden one, you can play it to, like, you can play it after people have voted, so they think they're voting you off, but nope, you're voting off a different target. Like, yeah. it's these little complexities that just appeal to my mind. Like, I'm big into board games, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, any game where you can, you know, make and break alliances is really appealing to me. Definitely. And so every aspect of Survivor appeals to some aspect of my competitive personality. Yeah, and there's there's almost like a kind of political structure to it too where, oh, yeah. you know, you get people who are really dominant and like they've got this really great alliance and then things can still change with like, you know, a hidden immunity uh, can totally flip the script on stuff or just a total blind sw- blindside where they just knock somebody out who's totally not expecting it. Um, and there's also uh, immunity challenges every episode where there's like a, a challenge that everyone's trying to complete and the person you know the top winner at that gets their own like public immunity that they can use or give to someone else too that's another kind of cool alliance thing you're allowed to give someone else your immunity necklace if you're you think they're going to get voted out you can give that to them and then uh no one can vote them out and no matter how like strategic or aggressive they want to play it sometimes you know these are people people who are without sleep and without food and stressed Mm -hmm. and so you'll get things where they're like I want to keep this really annoying person to the end with me because no one's going to vote for them. And then they (laughs) realize like halfway through, like, I can't stand this person anymore. We need to just get rid of them for the sake of (laughs) them not like destroying my mind. Yeah. And there's, there's the kind of like uh, next level strategy of that. Like, because the, the very finale, once you have the last three people left, um, they will vote. They vote one more person out, right? And then the final two uh, go to the finale? They do two or three. It, mm-hmm. it changes. But yeah, the, the jury system where the people yes. they have voted out now get to pick who wins. So not only do you have to make it to the end, you have to do it without like getting on the bad side of the people you must have gotten on the bad side of because you voted them out. Yeah, so, so pretty it's much incredible. everyone wants to find someone who they think the jury will hate and try to take that person to the finals so that they're likely to win. So it's kind of crazy seeing like what each person's motivations are for all of their actions and trying to figure out why they did what they did or why they didn't, didn't do this thing that you would have done. And, and, and there's, a, there's been a shift in recent seasons where it used to be the person who played really aggressively and got other people voted out, you know, those people wouldn't then offer to give that person a million bucks, which is the, is just the prize mm-hmm. in recent seasons. People are saying, no, you know what? We like this game. We respect the game. We're going to give it to the person who played the best. Mm-hmm. And that's just made the game so much more aggressive. Yeah, I think that the public perception and then also, you know, the player's perception of the game has kind of evolved over the year and gotten more mature where it's, you know, I'm, I don't feel sympathy for that person because they got blindsided. Like they, they should have been aware of their surroundings <laughs> or they should have been playing harder or strategizing more. And it's, it's really wild. Cool. Yeah, it is kind of wild. People have gotten a lot more objective and a lot less subjective about who they're they're voting out and i'll admit i want to i want to go on i have applied <laughs> yeah i would love to go on too um i haven't actually applied but that's mostly because i'm vegan and like i'm like the food thing i th- i think i'll just like wither <laughs> up and die and i'm also like hypoglycemic so i'm like man oh, no. i'm just not cut out for that survival business but i, I love watching the show yeah um, my very favorite part of the show are the challenges 
they make these kind of like American gladiator, uh, so like good. ninja warrior level things where they build these really elaborate, like huge structures, these big like playgrounds with a specific, you know, intent. Like you have to climb up this really steep wall, um, untie a bag of puzzle pieces, slide down a zip line. And then you and your team have to build a puzzle that was in the bag you just pulled down. And whichever team can do that faster wins the prize. This is the main thing that I want in, in an amusement park. <laughs> yes. And the main reason why I want this to exist is I don't care about the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, money is nice, but Money's come on. Nice. Yeah. But I just want to test my mettle, prove my worth in these incredibly designed challenges. Like, mm-hmm. do I want it that bad? I want to find out. Right, and what you, what your physical limits are, because some of them are just like insane mm-hmm. endurance challenges where you have to stand yep. on like a little post out in the ocean and just balance with weights. Yeah, or like it's it's crazy. There's some really nutso stuff that they do on this show. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. Like if this is going to be a theme park, uh, I doubt it's going to be a 39 day challenge no, like the actual no. show. <laughs> so you, we're going to have to. Yeah, we'll do a a season in a day kind of a thing. Um, so. Basically, you know, we're not going to limit park attendance to only be 16 people, I don't think. But, uh, you know, just... Well, what you can do is have, like, once every day have, like, the day's tournament where people who have, you know, done well before or, you know, paid a special fee or whatever, like, they're the ones who are doing the official one for the day. And you can, like, have screens on them and people can follow that like a like a mini sports bracket every day. Cool. You know, you want an amusement park to appeal to both you know, families and individuals. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like we said in the show, the first half is usually by tribe and that works well for families. And then the second half is more individual. So I think that you could alter things and tweak them in such a way so that these are both viable, but not necessarily intersecting. I like that. Well said. Um, I, I noticed a, I, I did some research on this and I found a, someone's like idea for a survivor themed party that was like really well done and yeah. instead of having elimination, they just earned points like throughout the the contest. So yeah, it was it was a way that everyone could keep playing. You know, it's like if your your mom loses the first challenge, she doesn't have to like go sit on a bench somewhere and just watch the rest of you. Like she can keep playing in the the challenges, the survival element of it. But she's ha- just more likely to lose. Like maybe she has to give up all of her points once she loses this one. If she gets like voted out or whatever, she has to start back over from scratch or something. Right. And then you can still have an ongoing contest for who, you know, you still have a reason to try to win. The survivor would be the person with the highest number of points at the end. So it's still a contest. You can still be really cutthroat and savage about, you know, knocking other people's point totals down or bringing yours up. Um, but it could kind of give us a reason why everyone would want to participate the whole day long. And I think that balance of cooperation and competitiveness is what makes this like more engaging than just like obstacle course land. <laughs> right. <You know? laughs> yeah, exactly. The the survivor name is not it's not just Ninja Warrior. It's not just like watch these people do crazy stuff. Like all the social elements are really, really important, I think. And the kind of you know, trying to connect to people and trying to convince them to vote a certain way, that would be really kind of cool to try out on a small scale. Um and I'm not sure exactly how we would structure this thing, but Oh, so I had a couple of ideas. Cool, let's hear it. Um, so like so like the tribal council and you can do something pretty similar, you know, have a moderator uh, for a bunch of individuals say like, okay, so this is happening. That's happening. Where are people voting? Um, but for a more tribe based or family based, whatever you want to call it uh, thing. Um, have you ever played like mafia or werewolf? Yeah. Yeah. Those kind of social just games. kind of are given. Yeah. They're in social groups and they're given arbitrary roles. Um, and people have to decide like, okay, who needs to be the one, voted out so in the case of mafia like oh who here is part of the mafia you know and and you don't have actual data to go on (laughs) yeah it's based on hunches pretty much in like small social interactions and um what you perceive to be evidence you know those games are just fun it's a neat social experience and it's unlike most other games yeah and and i think that would keep it from becoming too like Oh, I got to vote off little Timmy. Sorry, sorry, buddy. Go sit on the bench for an hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't want to do. You don't want to do it like that, right? It's it's like the people you want to take out are the people who you see as your biggest threat. So, basically, who would you want to win this show if you weren't actually on the show? That's who you need to get rid of. You know, it's <laughs> it's kind of crazy in that way. It's like the person you're rooting for is usually the person you want to get rid of because they they are very likely to win. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, what I like about the the like 
family dynamic, you know, um, or like two families go together is mm -hmm. they can go to different parts of the park. So like, let's just say you have your nuclear family of four. They all want to stick together and do their own thing. Um, they can go to a challenge where you need eight people. Okay, team up with another family of four. They can go to an intra-group challenge and just individually go against each other. Like, mm -hmm. we don't need to limit it in the same way. We, like, it doesn't need to be as linear as the show is. Absolutely. I like that a lot. And it, then it's almost kind of like a carnival atmosphere where you get to walk around and take your pick amongst all these different challenges and then yeah, yeah. just do the ones you want to do. You don't have to do them all or anything. Um, but then I think if we're going to do a more serious, like the um, kind of like one day survivor series, um, we could have like a little island somewhere, maybe like in the middle that's set up like the survivor island where they're not going to have to like live there and sleep there or anything, but all the challenges are on that one island and you know they're just they they can't talk to the the average normal guest who is just there for their first time like it's only people who really really want this and maybe to qualify for an invitation to take part on the like the real thing um not the real like actual show but i mean you know the one day season challenge sure. you have to have set like a high score within the whole park throughout your day you know collected yeah, the most yeah, yeah. tickets or whatever <laughs> Oh, it's like this, like, exclusive island. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be kind like, of cool. People who really want to be it. there, and they've done, you know, as much work as they can to get ready for it by, by casually visiting the park, and now they're ready to really get serious with it. You um, have little leaderboards, like, listing scores around the park. Yeah, that'd be cool. And it could be, you know, the highest score, like, the, the fastest time to complete this one challenge, and then also, overall, like, highest one-day score that anyone's ever got. This is sounding a lot like Mario Party. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's true. It's getting a lot like a uh, kind of arcadey almost, yeah. um, but it's it's all going to be really physical challenges, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun and also a lot of challenge for a lot of people who might not realize like, man, I haven't worked out in like two years. <laughs> I I really am sucking at this. That's another. I mean, we can talk in depth about challenges in a bit. I think, but mm -hmm. the fact that they are so varied and can accommodate different styles, true, or even just the fact like if you're on a tribe, some of them can carry you. Right. Absolutely. And and I was thinking, this is something I've, I I always think about is like people with different, um, you know, mobility needs, like sure. you could do a whole area that's, that's puzzle based and like, there's not the physical challenge, you know, for, for younger people or older people or, you know, whoever doesn't want to be climbing up a rope net, they can do a bunch of, they can be, re be really hard puzzles that are on that show sometimes. And that's another thing I really value is their puzzle design is really cool sometimes you know it's yeah. not just like jigsaw puzzles but sometimes there's like word scrambles and there's all kinds of uh really interesting like competition level puzzles that these everyday people who have been living on an island for 20 days have to try to compete uh try to compete to complete and i really value those i think those are really fun and what's great is you know if if somebody isn't able to compete necessarily in the physical challenges mm -hmm. they can like help design new ones oh cool so That's like really I, I was thinking about this this and like what other, because the challenges are the main draw right that competitiveness mm -hmm. for a lot of people but there are a ton of other things wrapped up in Survivor that would like work very well with um with with your standard um, amusement park mm -hmm. so I was thinking you know they always have like these cool glamour shots of of the indigenous life um you know cool plants and animals and and you know snakes and birds and stuff it's pretty crazy like how close they get to zoo. nature oh yeah a petting zoo that'd be really cool swim with the manta rays that would be awesome um, catch fish with spears yes <laughs> wow that's an interesting one too um because i was thinking like most of the food uh you know kind of things they have to try to do like there's always someone who's really good at climbing like trees to get up and like get coconuts knocked down and stuff um and I'm like, that seems kind of like a liability, but you know, you could do like a spear fishing area. It could be as like natural as possible. Um, you know, especially if we have like a central Island in the middle and then maybe mm -hmm. there's, um, so basically a circular body of water and then there's a beach on each end of it. And then on those beaches, you can have, you know, natural vegetation and plants growing up there. And then the challenges maybe are further back through the plants. So right. you could go out to the beach and there's some beach based challenges, which always happens on the show. Um, there's some out in the water, which you see as well. So maybe the water gets kind of deep in the middle. Um, cause there's, there's some cool challenges. They're like out on a like platform out on the water. Those are always ones I value a lot. Um, yeah, 
But that, that sounds really cool. There's there's all kinds of neat things you could do at a park like this. And and the food doesn't you know it doesn't have to be oh we we killed this ourselves <laughs> right <laughs> or we cut open a coconut like they have like rewards for the challenges. Um, they they even have like an eating challenge where they have like local delicacies that I would not touch. <laughs> right. But like oh you you ate it faster than anybody else you get it free that sort of thing. That sounds kind of cool. You could you could bring in uh, sort of indigenous foods from around the world and i mean those aren't for everybody you'd probably want to have like some regular food as well but um that's that's one area where i feel like survivor and theme park don't exactly overlap is what what is there to eat <laughs> what is there to yeah yeah that, that's where the rewards come in I yeah think. yeah rewards would work um maybe you could trade in your points you know if you've you've just got a bunch of points for doing really well on a challenge you get uh a free sandwich at like the sandwich restaurant or whatever sure That'd be kind of cool. Um, and you could also track all these different things because there are so many different kinds of competitions. Um, you could have, you know, specific people who set records for the day. They get some sort of incentive that only happens for people who get the high score on this one thing. So you could have like, some limited edition rewards, which would be really cool. The uh, the clothing item that they always use that they give out in the first episode to their, the different teams, like to figure out which tribe they're yeah, going to the be buff. on, is the buff. Yeah, so it's basically like a... A headband kind of thing. It's like a tube of fabric. So people wear it as a headband. People like can wear it as like a tube top. They can wear them all <laughs> kinds of different ways. But it'd be cool to have those. And you know, when you first get there, maybe you pick which kind of you know what what level of competition you want to go into. And they're like, okay, well you can be on one of these two teams for today. Or if you you know set a new record on this on this one challenge, you get a limited edition um, you know specific color buff that's only available for people who do that. That'd be kind of oh, cool. I wasn't thinking like half the people in this amusement park are going to be one color and the other half are going to be the other. Like, yeah, yeah, they don't, uh, they don't maybe, have to either. No, they, it can be a number of different things. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, um, you know, I'm not an arts and crafts guy, but like making your own buff or personalizing your own tribe logo for your family. Yeah, that'd be cool. And, and designing challenges would be really cool as well. Like you could have like a, a children's museum, you know, area where it's, you have like different crafts and you get to like kind of design a miniature version of a, an obstacle. I mentioned one of the great things in um, in Survivor is this hidden immunity idol where they can just find it on the island and use it as mm-hmm. immunity for a, for a vote. Yeah. If you could have, like, idol making, like, oh, cool. people can do arts and crafts and make it, and, like, this one can be used by the people in the in the central Dude, competition challenge. I love so that. Cool. Yeah, because all the immunity idols always look different, even within the same season. They're like... Yeah, you have no idea. Yeah, so you don't even know what it's going to look like. So I love that. You can make it. Like, they've got all kinds of different craft-making supplies, and you can, like, learn how to, like, whittle or carve a little, you know, idol. That would be amazing. And then, also, you could hide them throughout the uh, the kind of casual part of the park as and well. And they're fake? They're, well, yeah, they could be fake ones where it's like, gotcha, or it could be you just get some, you know, additional points or whatever. Um Towards your your daily total. So there's like an incentive for doing that and checking all the hidden little nooks and crannies. Recently, they've been really daring and uh, been hiding immunity idols at challenges. So like you need to like hinder your own team and like let them go off on their own and and try it without you while you like (laughs) search for it. Wow. It it just adds another layer. There are so many layers of that, of like prioritizing your team versus yourself or your allegiance versus yourself or your allegiance versus your friends. It's really cool. There's such a complex, like, social part to it. And I feel like... I get so few opportunities in my day-to-day life to sabotage the people I care about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, other than, like, practical jokes, that rarely ever happens. (laughs) And I think that's hard to develop over the course of one day at a theme park. So I feel like that, unfortunately, is, like, the main element I love of Survivor that's not really going to work super well in a a one-day theme park. It's kind of rough. Um... You could do the, uh, the like, really serious, you know, hardcore challenge in the center of the park. That could be a multiple-day thing. You know, maybe they have to spend the night there for, like, a week wow. or something. <laughs> if it's, this, if it's... this would, of course, have to be in a, a warm locale. Right, exactly. Beach and sand and such. <laughs> right, right. You want to have uh, the, the correct weather to make all this kind of seem realistic. And but seem I love that idea. It's like a con. It's like a weekend... Oh, yeah. Competition. And it, they could always be different lengths. You know, maybe uh, just every single day there's a daily tournament thing in the middle. But then, you know, specific weeks of the year they have a week-long one. And then certain weekends they have weekend-length uh, challenges. That yeah. could be really cool. And and I think one of the cool things that, you know, 
whatever company owns Survivor right now would like is to be able to try out and like play test some of their games oh. at this park. You know, it's like, let's see how people do with this challenge. Is this too hard or is this too easy? You know, like let's let's get a test on this. And it's a great place to have auditions. To right. See who they want to actually compete. Like, right. oh, this guy's bloodthirsty. <laughs> I think that'd be really cool. Um, you can you could do the uh, you know like hardcore challenge. Those winners maybe if they're if they're well liked by the producers or whatever get a chance to to audition to be on the actual show. I will not turn down any opportunity to improve <laughs> my chances to go on Survivor. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's kind of a cool thing, even just for for fans of the series who want to get on. Is like. Right now, if you want to be on Survivor, like, what do you really do to prepare for that? Like, you can go, you know... Send them a video. Right, send them a video, of course. But, like, to practice, you would just go camping a lot and, uh, you know, go do some obstacle courses. But if there's something like this where they can get specific, um, like, metrics, you know, like, this is the score I got on this highly acclaimed obstacle or whatever, or I've won this tournament this many times, you know, that, mm-hmm. it's like, wow, this this guy's got credentials. Bonafides, exactly. It's pretty Have cool. Have you seen that YouTube channel, uh, Primitive Technology? Yeah. Yeah, this that's... This guy a... just goes out in the wood and just builds a hut out of, clay, out of like, mud he found. <laughs> I love it. It's like, it's almost like uh, engineering, but really, really low-tech engineering. So it's... Well, I think that should be something that they offer at mm-hmm. this amusement park is, like, teaching primitive survival, like scouts sort of stuff. Yeah, and that, that was one of the challenges that I had envisioned was, you know, the fire starter challenge is, is one that appears often in this show. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to make a, a fire using this technique as quickly as you possibly can. And it's it's really brutal sometimes because, um, you know, especially if you're like using a bow, like that takes a very specific technique and it can be really physically taxing on your body to do that. Um, so it's not exactly we didn't figure it out for a few hundred thousand years (laughs) yeah that's true it's still hard to do believe it or not um but that could be a cool challenge some kind of teach them you know some basic survival skills and then put those to the test you know see how quickly you can build a shelter and and i do i think building the fort like is always a thing that that young people love to do like a pillow fort or whatever and taking that to the next level where it's like let's try to build a, a fort that's big enough for a whole tribe to survive in out of just these plants and like, you know, these kind of trees. And so maybe there is like a, an area where it's, you know, these pieces of tree have already been cut. And so it's not like you have to go cut down the tree yourself or like harvest the material. Yeah. Yeah. Easy, medium and hard mode. Exactly. Easy, medium and hard mode. I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, another thing that would help this, this park out, I I'm thinking like infrastructure wise on the outside, like, you know, there's like an outer wall so people can't just wander in. But maybe outside they're growing, there's like a a tree farm basically where they're growing the kinds of trees that people are going to be using in their forts. So they can have access to these resources really close and it makes the outside of the park look like a tropical, you know, survivor kind of thing. Like some tribal society with like huge wooden walls keeping out <laughs> the invaders. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> yeah. I, I like that we're coming up with ways for everyone to have something to, to do mm-hmm. and be included on. So... Uh, in terms of a name for this park. So the Survivor always has like Survivor, you know, Palau or Survivor China, you know, wherever they are. But sometimes it's not. So Survivor brains, bronze and beauty. So I was thinking to get across the idea that everyone can do something here. Um, Survivor all in. Oh, that sounds really cool. Dude, that is an amazing name. Because it, it, <laughs> at the same time, it says put all your chips in, you know, like this is like a high stakes place if you want to uh-huh. like take it seriously. But it also means come one, come all at the same time. Okay, so you got it. Good. Sold. Boom. That's <laughs> yeah, amazing. Advertising print right, press rights itself. <laughs> seriously. Survivor all in. Dude, that is great. else you want to see in here i think that this sort of like island ecosystem and all these like the art on survivor is really great and like you said the the challenges and these structures i think a scavenger hunt mm-hmm. uh, be a really nice thing to to do like a non-challenge activity to just go around and see what little things you can find little little easter eggs that sounds really cool um yeah i, I like that a lot gathering gathering resources in that way would be kind of cool too if you can find 
um, you know, like flint or like some kind of uh, material that will help you greatly in a later challenge. And, and we've, we've looked at all these different non-challenge things, but I, I want to get into like the reason everybody's here. Right. You know, like yes. all these different challenges because you see them. And, and like whenever I watch a challenge on the show, I'm like, I want to do that. <laughs> I yes. want to try it. Because a lot of times it's like, okay, they're, they're multi-part, you know, mm-hmm. swim off, swim from here to here, grab this, dive down, bring it back, and then use it to solve a puzzle. Like, I couldn't even follow that. It's, it's exhausting. It's, it's uh, usually like a sprint type of very quick physical challenge. Then you have to do a like pretty hard mental challenge as far as fo- solving a puzzle or something. And at the same time, you have to like maintain your kind of like social relationships with your team. There's a lot going on. It's like, it's high stakes. If you can coordinate with your team, it makes things easier. So in the case of like, uh, you know, three people playing like a mud version of handball where you're all in the mud pits and trying to, you know, get something from this side to that side, that Mm -hmm. is like, that's a team effort in a way that, uh, you know, swimming from here to there isn't. Right, exactly. There's individual challenges. There's also team challenges. And within the team challenges, there's often individual challenges as well. Like someone needs to be able to do this. Someone needs to be able to do that. Um, one of my favorites is where, um, you know, everybody on the team except for one has to go out and, and retrieve retrieve something and, and bring it back and then solve a puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone is blindfolded except for the one person who has to, like, tell them where to go. <laughs> oh, man. And they're, they keep bumping into each other and yeah. get the wrong team's bag and all that. I Oh. <laughs> it's really it's a really fun like chaotic enjoyable thing like i wish uh you know sports on tv were like this chaotic because it's so much more fun to watch <laughs> when like they've never done this challenge before you know like you're watching football and like these guys have been playing football their whole life like they know it backwards and forwards whereas survivor it's like they didn't know what they were about to do five minutes ago and now they're <laughs> failing at it horribly it's great yes. <laughs> it's awesome so yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why Survivor has captivated so many people and has been going for, you know, 17 years now is because there's so much to it. There's so much variance and excitement even within the same series, even episode to episode because they never repeat the same challenge. Like certain elements will resurface a few years later, but it's never the same. It's it's and, really cool. And I love the comparison to sports because you do get that play-by-play by the host uh, Jeff Probst. Yeah. But also like Oh, a couple guys watching the Super Bowl, like, oh, I could do better than that. But like, no, you could on Survivor. You might <laughs> That's actually true. be able to do better because these people are not trained. Right. You know, right. It's like that idea of, of one random person participating in the Olympics just for context. <laughs> That's great. And like the first episode when you, you are introduced to all the characters and it shows you what they do as their profession. And you're like, oh, man, this guy is going to lose so bad. <laughs> or They're like, all bringing something different to the game. Yeah, it's cool. They all come from different places, different walks of life. And uh they're all brought into the same game. That's I love cool. it when they have no self-awareness. How so? It's like, I'm, I'm a cop. I know how to read people. And then you just like watch a montage of them getting deceived. <laughs> incredible. <laughs> the editing on the show is really good, too. They have so many interesting social aspects and then the challenges and like the drama and the nature and wildlife and stuff. So if you watch, you know, 30 second TV spot for Survivor, you're going to see all kinds of different shots. And it's like this show covers so many different topics it's really cool and you never see like the guy holding the camera right exactly think about the complexity of that i know they have they have i think 340 people or something that work on the production of this show but i've never seen a cameraman except for a medical evacuation like that's they they try to right try to put you there um, but something cool I found in my research was that there was a season where they brought back three people who had to leave for medical evacuations in earlier seasons. Like, they got yeah. another chance. I thought that was really thoughtful. That was cool. Yeah. No, like, they like to bring back interesting characters and, like, reward people for being good on TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this is a this is a feedback loop which will make us money. Right. Exactly. And, you know, people, people ask me, like, oh, my God, is that still on the air? Like, it's in its... 34th season yeah seven like seven million people watch it weekly it's not just me yeah it's it's an awesome show and it's an awesome cultural phenomenon and i'm like i'm proud of us for watching that show so much you know there's so much reality tv program where people talk about it and i just like wince and like walk away from them but like survivor it's like there is so much compelling stuff going in here and like i think it's something we can all kind of aspire to it's like i feel like i could do this thing like if i was only on the show or 
um, you know, if I, if I keep working out, I'll get better and I'll be well enough uh-huh. to be able to compete in these kinds of challenges. Um, what challenge would you want to be, would you want to do? I don't know. There's, there are a lot of them that are like, I really want to try this thing because it's an activity I've literally never done before. I personally think that like a challenge I would enjoy would be one of those like balance beam things. Yeah. Where you have to like balance something on your hands and then balance yourself on top of a balance beam. Mm-hmm. That's sort of that sort of thing that you could do at the gym, but like people would look at you weird. Um. Yeah. The endurance ones. Whenever I I was watching the show, like picturing myself being on the show, I'd be like, well as soon as this one started, I would just jump off and like go sit down somewhere. Like I'm so not interested in just balancing on this, you know, thing for so long. Well, I don't know. Like you, like, um, you know, in, in college to pass out of the, uh, phys ed requirement, we had to do some physical stuff. And one of them was like, how long can you hold a plank? Huh? And knowing how long I can do it, wasn't that motivating? Right. But seeing other people not do it as long, <laughs> that was motivating. And yeah. so like, even if the challenge is something that they've done that's as simple as like, okay, hold on to this rope, your feet are against a wall, try not to fall into the water, and they slowly like let the rope go another notch. Yeah. So that you're more and more horizontal. <laughs> like I wanna do that just so that I can see how much better I'm doing than these other randos. Yeah, that does sound really fun. And competition is definitely like a really great incentive and, and motivator. And... What, what's your bailiwick? Like what do you think you would do well in? Oh, that's a great question. I don't know. I like to think I would do well in the puzzle aspects. I don't know. There's there's some kind of cool like physical puzzles like that. It just looks like a fun challenge. Like I've done a lot of puzzles before, but they usually don't have this high of a production value and like this much design that went into them. So it's almost like those brain teasers where you have two pieces of metal that are like wrapped around each other and you have to figure out how to like finagle them so that they come apart. It's kind of like that, but you're under a lot of pressure, so it's not nearly as easy. This is the weird thing where an amusement park might actually be more economical than the show, because the show, they have to make these challenges and then just, like, never use them again. Exactly. They should just ship them to the park. They just need to use them on the show, take, you know, disassemble them, pack them in a shipping container, and send them to Survivor All In, and we'll unpack them and be like, this is last season's park, it for, fully intact, for you to play as many times as you want mm-hmm. to. That'd be an easy way of like keeping things fresh and changing, you know, year to year. Um, even if you just incorporate one or two of them that were could be sustainably, you know, transported across the planet. Because this series does take place all over the world, I'm sure that they have to like hire local contractors to kind of build these things. It is a lot of work, a lot of production that goes into this show. But I think that doing it in a you know a park where people can just go back and try it as many times as they want to. It would it'd be it'd be great because it's it's kind of sad to see them used once. You know, I'm sure the production team like gets to play on it once while they're building it, but they they use it once for the show, and then I'm assuming they just disassemble it. Yeah, and when they disassemble it and take apart, like, oh, I got a board from that. Like that swag sells on eBay. Yeah, like every buff, every immunity idol that hasn't been burnt, like <laughs> huh. they, they get sold. So like being able to buy that kind of merch or get that as a reward. This this is actually starting to sound like a legitimately profitable enterprise. I was going to say the same thing, and I feel like <laughs> you could totally do um, like summer camps here. Like, oh my god, wouldn't that be sweet for, the, for like high school graduation yeah, parties? Yeah, absolutely. Like bringing field trips here would be really cool. Who's and I, most popular now, Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get to like sabotage the bully because he's on your tribe or whatever. Vote him out. Yes. <laughs> and of course, you can adjust the. Uh, you know, I'm sure we we would want to hire like event coordinators to work all over this place, like. What does this group want to get out of this park? Because we could just use it to teach survival skills and then practice them. We could use it to just do physical challenges as like an exercise kind of thing. Like people are training for like a a warrior dash or, you know, some kind of like obstacle course race. So they just want to go here and like work out a lot. Or some people might want to do the full thing where you like have to kind of do some social engineering and try to not get voted out and try to do the whole political side of things. That'd be kind of cool as well. Yeah, I like I like this idea of tricking people into bettering themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I I think uh, that's working out is not fun, that's... but this would be absolutely fun. It's like parkour, right? But with so, a lower barrier to entry. And I I really like parkour and free running that kind of thing, but doing it in a you know specifically designed kind of space would be way way more fun than just out on the street, you know, being a nuisance. So uh, yeah. yeah, I'm definitely interested in a park like this. Even if it's just, you know, it's essentially the structure of an exercise park, which is a thing they have, like an indoor, like, parkour facility, 
they don't have enough. <laughs> they don't have enough, exactly. I need more of that. Right. And making it more like an amusement park, like let's go here and have fun instead of let's go here and work out, I think would, would like you said, trick a lot more people into bettering themselves. Definitely. And it's got so many like kind of interesting gamification elements where it's you're trying to set a high score for this one challenge and for the whole day, and maybe there's a team-based score as well like you're trying to get your whole tribe to do well throughout the challenges so you're trying to help them out as you go through they could be really cool sidebar here i went to a place recently called bodeborg in boston uh it's not quite an escape room but it's like these physical and mental challenges like in a room by room sequence and i was just having fun playing around moving and like you know some of the exercises were physical but they weren't overwhelming and i wake up the next day and I am, like, broken all over. <laughs> like, I am exhausted. Every part of me hurts. I don't know what happened. <laughs> That's really cool because, like, I think that doing that kind of thing is, is the way to make exercise more palatable for people. And, like, I've said this on this show before. Like, I don't really want to work out. I just want to play games. And if those yeah. games involve working out, then that's that's awesome, you know? And they put you on small teams. And I was having a blast with largely strangers. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, I, I want to be able to do that in, in a more cohesive narrative. Right. That I, I love that experience and I love adding in a narrative to it, you know, a reason for doing this and a bigger arc other than complete this one challenge. It'd be kind of cool if they just kind of plant cameras pointing at the, the really visually exciting parts of each challenge. Uh-huh. Um, and then, you know, as they as you come through they can kind of track you. Maybe you've got like a, some kind of tracker, like the, what they do in marathons and races where you just like attach it to your shoelaces and it can keep track of what place you came in and what time you got and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. They could do that and potentially uh, use that to track you where you are in the footage as well. You know, what moment were they at this camera? What moment were they at this camera? So if you want to pay the, you know, extra fee to get your highlight reel made, they can easily track down what footage you were in and edit that all together and, that could be a cool bonus service. This place sounds really fun. Doesn't it? Like, And it's very versatile, too. I want to go somewhere and have, an, like, have fun all day and then be exhausted. Yes, that is what we want. We want you to be worn out physically and mentally and to have had a great time and to buy the video package on your way out. <laughs> yes, please. I've gone to amusement parks before and been like, I ate and sat and stood in line all day, and I hate myself. <laughs> yes, seriously. It's, and I lost it's a lot of money. Right, right. And I think that the traditional theme parks that are like that, where it's just a, a collection of rides and, you know, crappy food, like, that's uh, hopefully on the way out in, like, more themed, uh, more, you know, guest-based services, like, guest-based parks, I think, are hopefully the future. Like, with sure. the boom of, like, um, escape rooms, and uh, that sort of, you know, like player interaction kind of or guest interaction kind of games, I think those are really booming right now because people want to be a part of something. They want to have positive memories of this thing. Personal betterment and, like you said, gamification is mm -hmm. like a huge selling point these days. So, like, you look at Pokemon Go, mm -hmm. how many <laughs> people do you know justified spending hours a day when that came out on that because, like, oh, I'm walking around, I'm getting exercise. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. I, I love that kind of stuff. Like, integrating your goals um, as far as like the game developer or whatever you want to make people get more active so take that build a narrative around it and incentivize it for the user in a way that's not just hey look how far you walked like don't even tell them that like just tell yeah. them that they they got however many magic points or whatever it doesn't need to be connected to the physical activity they're still doing the physical activity and they're still enjoying it and they're getting things out of it that are not necessarily real at all but the thing they're also getting out of it is the actual physical exercise and building good habits as far as, you know, exercise and uh, taking care of yourself. So definitely it's a cool thing. It's a cool industry. I like that a lot. Maybe like if you're a ride operator, it's not actually a ride, but you know, this, this obstacle operator, someone comes over and you like 
you know, check their account or whatever. And you're like, okay, so I see you've done this one five times before. Do you want to try, you know, the like new game plus, like the additional challenge? Give them a handicap. Right. The other guys. Exactly. Or you tell them like, hey, there is a hidden idol on this one. You know, try to find the hidden idol and beat your high score. Or um, see that little bell up there. Like no one ever notices it, but there's a bell. And if you can get to ring that bell, you get an additional, you know, points or whatever, an additional incentive. I want this so bad. <laughs> I want to be incentivized to like climb up a wall and ring a bell. Yeah, yeah, seriously. And I do think that the um, I can't think of the name of like the general genre right now for some reason, but like they have like Spartan races and um, all these like kind of warrior dash kind of races where it's a big obstacle course. It usually involves some kind of swimming. Like maybe you have to crawl underneath barbed wire, jump over fire pits. They have all this crazy stuff that you can just go do like nine months out of the year in most states it's really crazy how big this like industry is and i've done a few of them and they're really really fun like um there's one where there was just a bunch of like beater like destroyed cars and you have to like climb over them or through them to get through this one area it's just like it was like a three mile race i think too so it's not only a run you know running a lot but you have to like stop and swim through this like mud like gross like muddy area and uh do all these different physical challenges as a race and it's it's really really fun i really loved it great about that and what would be cool about this park is like there's going to be so much that i feel like you could um like you could iterate really quickly so like you didn't do very well this time just you know get get right back in line Mm -hmm. you know try again absolutely And, and i'm sure everyone is really bad their first time at all of these challenges but then the second time goes way more smoothly you know and it's a different experience it's not like riding the same roller coaster twice oh yeah because you're changing you know and and the the experience is dependent on you instead of like a roller coaster where you're just a uh you know a certain weight of meat sitting in a chair it's like this you're actually a thing that is moving and like causing the action to happen at a certain time so every time you get a little bit better yeah i love that and I really like this park, too, because you could do this on a really small budget. Like, most of our park ideas are pretty grandiose. Um, but there's, there's like, a segment I've been, like, kind of brainstorming about doing, like, a $1,000 theme park. Like, a one-room, you know, like, what if you had an escape room? You just have a room, basically. And you want to kind of melt this experience down to something that would fit in that area. And I think this one would kind of work in that way. This place sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this this episode's gone pretty smoothly. I, it definitely is something that appeals to someone who might not be a traditional theme park fan, you know, because uh, uh, it's it's just a totally different experience. It's totally different. But or or a traditional Survivor fan, right? Yeah, it, I feel like it can apply to anyone. I feel like anyone would be interested if they saw a TV ad for this actual place they could actually go to instead of just Survivor. Like, watch these people do the thing. It's like uh-huh. you can go to this. You know, you are included here. Like that that would be awesome. More active theme parks. I, mm-hmm. I I'm on board with what you and a lot of your guests have said. Like the more active and guest centric we can make this, mm-hmm. the better it's gonna be. You know what's great here? What's that? You is that if you went on Survivor and won the million dollars, you mm-hmm. could put that in a startup fund <laughs> to make one of the Yeah. <laughs> make the Survivor theme like <laughs> That'd be great. We should uh, just send this email, like an email of this link to everyone who's ever won Survivor and be like, hey, uh, can you give us some money? <laughs> we'll start building this. You want to be an investor? Yeah. <laughs> I'm totally down, by the way. If anyone out there is wants to front uh, some funds to start this park, uh, <laughs> I'm down. I do think that, uh, you know, CBS or whatever kind of production company would be interested in it. It'd be kind of cool to... They have taken risks on far less. That That's true. And being able to just reuse the assets from Survivor, um, they've already got the music, you know, composed. They already have the buffs made. Like Branding is, is like, complete. Well, uh... I love it. I love it, too. I, I'm totally set. This one sounds great. I am all in. Oh, snap. Oh, I did it. Uh, <laughs> so, thank you so much for being on, Zane. Yes, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'll um, probably get your brother on here at some point. And, uh, you know, I just, when we talked, we the topic of uh, Survivor Amusement Park came up. And that's one of them that's been kind of banging around in my head ever since we had that conversation. Like, that's a cool idea. And it's really different from anything else I've done on this show. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad it evolved. And uh, thanks you know, yeah. for adding your own uh, insights to it. I think it became better than I originally even envisaged it. Yeah. Envisaged it. <laughs> Dude, um. <laughs> you could try that again if you want. I can edit it. 
No, I you think liked it's it? fine. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I think it's funnier this way. Okay, good, good. Thank you very much for being on. This has been great. Um, I love I love this park. I love how it's evolved because the you know we both had our own visions and then trying to make them connect to each other and trying to express those ideas to each other. It's turned into something even better. I think than than either one of us would have come up on our own. So that's great. Cool. Yeah. And if uh, if I may make a shout out to uh, my own podcast. Absolutely. Uh, if your audience would enjoy the Carton Cast, we look at old cartoons and just tear everything you love about them apart <laughs> into their base like elements and tell you if we like or hate those particular elements. It is really cool, especially for, you know, what I did when I, you know, first found out about your guys' show, I just went through and downloaded the shows that I really love. Um, and then since then, I've been just going back through the shows and movies that I've seen at all because it's, oh, that's great. it's good to go back and, uh, you know, just start to re-digest these things that you enjoyed when you were younger or you just remember from being a kid and to really appreciate what parts were really good about them and also what parts were really terrible. And, like, you can learn a lot from this show, you know, like what goes into a really good production versus what goes into a really bad production, what makes a good well, character I'm, versus a bad character. You, I'm glad you, you think so, yeah. As I've done it, I've I've come to realize, like, you can give a show that nobody has seen or nobody likes the same an analytical treatment as people use to dissect all these other, you know, great shows. And there's still a lot of meat there. Like Mm -hmm. any given show is going to be somebody's favorite, right? Like somebody put their heart and soul into this. Like it it deserves an equal shot at analysis. Absolutely. It's a great show. And it's, you guys do, you know, your fair share of research and investigation. And I really appreciate that because I feel like, um, some other podcasts out there where they just kind of talk about a cartoon, it's like very casual and, um, there's not any like structure or reason to where the conversation is going, but I, I like a lot. I get a lot more out of your show than your peers. Oh, thank you. How do you sign off? Uh, the tribe has spoken. <laughs> uh, oh, good. <laughs>